Welcome to the Lex Buds and Pick and Roll Podcast. I am one of your two co-hosts, Brandon. Hey, with you as always is Tyler. Wow, Tyler, it's been an interesting day, eh? Uh, okay, that sounds good. It's, we've got an exciting show coming up. <laughs> Obviously, it's been interesting, Tyler. Uh, we are going to talk about the UK-North Carolina game and the team as a whole. We have problem. to. Yep. We, we have to. Uh, we're going to cover some uh, other UK sports news in an interesting way, I think. And then we've got some other news topics as well. We're going to talk about the vaccine, the Electoral College, Santa Claus is a super spreader event, and Tom Cruise yelling at everyone just to hit on a few <laughs> things. And you know what? If we have time, we even talked about doing a third segment where we discuss our irrational hatreds of things. And we're going to do our irrational hatreds draft. Yes. I, I, I love this idea. We're, we're going to talk about things that maybe drive you crazier than a normal person would be. Yeah, and it's kind of an open-ended question. We don't really know how each other is going to answer this. What yeah. what is an irrational hatred? We're going to find out if we, you know, if we feel like it. This is going to be a hard-hitting show here to get started, Tyler. It, um, it but is. before we get into the meat of the show, mm-hmm. how was your week? Uh, well, big big week for me. This is the uh, semifinal week of my fantasy football season. Oh. So I, I, I finished the season as the number one seed in my fantasy football league. I know everybody really cares about other people's fantasy football teams. Uh, honestly, there's probably nothing that people care less about. Like Even as much as I love fantasy football, when other people want to talk to me about their fantasy team, my eyes start to glaze over. So I freely grant everyone listening, you don't care. But it's a it's a big week for me. Sorry uh, for for my sem, for my semifinals. See, so. my eyes were glazing over, and I was making fun of you. So yeah, I agree with you. Nobody cares about your fantasy football team as much as you do. But I know when I was in it and I was doing fantasy football, I mean, it was the biggest thing. You're a team owner for Pete's sake. You are putting this team together. You're drafting them. This mm-hmm. is important stuff. You want to see your team develop over the course of the year, make the appropriate trades, and come out a winner. Exactly. So if I, if I win today, I'm in the finals. I, I will have at least tripled my money if I win today. So big, big moment. That is a big moment. I'm sure everybody's just clapping uh, at home right now listening <laughs> to this. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. How about you, sir? Uh, well, you know, we have birthday parties this week. We have kids. Uh, so we had birthday parties. I'm putting together toys and, and doing all that kind of stuff, eating a lot of cake, eating really bad food. So I, I know a few weeks ago I talked about losing some weight. I still haven't gained any back, but I haven't made any progress in the other direction. So <laughs> I'm maintaining right now and just kind of plowing through. You know, we've got birth, two birthdays and Christmas within three weeks of each other. Wow. So it's a little bit of a mess. The house is a total wreck because there's toys everywhere. You know, and it's like, what, what do you do with all these new toys? You know what I mean? You you throw away the old ones is what you do. Yeah. <laughs> you wait till the kids go to bed and you just go around with a trash bag and start <laughs> yeah. throwing stuff away. Yeah, I think that's what we're going to have to do. I don't know what to do with all these things. If, any, if our listeners have any suggestions, please let us know. Um, and while I mention that too, if you are watching this on YouTube or listening to this on Apple Podcasts or any of the 50 hundred podcast apps, go on and leave us a five-star review. Follow us on Twitter at LexBuds and visit us on our website, LexBuds.com. And on Facebook, search us. Lex Buds and Pick and Roll. Tyler, I think we just got to get into it. Right, so the UNC-Kentucky game was today. We're recording this on Saturday evening, so our feelings are very fresh, correct? <laughs> that is an accurate statement, yes. On the other hand, it is worth mentioning that there are a lot of other sports news stories that we also wanted to cover in this segment, but we also realized right before the show that nobody really cares right now. There's really <laughs> only one topic that people want to talk about that are listening to this show, in my opinion. And that are that is the Kentucky basketball team, the issues going on, and the loss today. So in the interest of time, Tyler, uh, we do want to cover these other topics. 
I think we have how many? One, two, three, four. We have six other topics. Let's see if we can cover all six of those other topics in one minute total. <laughs> all right. Are you ready? Okay, we're, we're going to do lightning round. Lightning round. One, one sentence answers. Literally. All Maybe right, you ready? One word. One minute. Okay. All right. All right. Tyler, Kentucky football got a new offensive coordinator, Rams, assist, Rams assistant Liam Cohen. What do you think? Uh, he's a young guy. I think Kentucky has to hire young guys that have the possibility to be better because we're not going to get people who are proven at Kentucky. Good hire. I like it. Shannon Dawson says hello. What's next? Uh, Kyra Elsie, the women's coach, had the interim tag removed. Team is 6-0, entered the top 10. Good move, or was this too soon, Brandon? Good move. It's never too soon. we got to move on. Matthew Mitchell is a good coach, but you got to find somebody different. She put the hammer down on her star player, and they're winning games. I like it, Tyler. UK Athletics reported a $35 million loss in the last year because of COVID, Tyler. Does that hurt your feelings? Does it bother you? Uh, no, they got all that money from the SEC. It's dropping the bucket. It's not going to matter. Got it. Uh, on a similar note, uh, since they lost $35 million, UK has promoted a virtual sellout promotion where for $30 you can purchase a Rupp Arena virtual seat. And they have an asterisk that says these are not actual game tickets, but you can get a sheet of tickets and you're entered for a chance to win a pair of tickets to a game for $30. Are you, are you buying a virtual seat? Uh, no. Next topic. <laughs> Uh, the Cleveland, <laughs> the Cleveland Indians, Tyler. After years and decades of being the Cleveland Indians, have decided to change their name because they believe it's insensitive to uh, Native Americans. Tyler, what do you think about this name change? I think they need to go with the Cleveland Rockers because it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and is also a tribute to my favorite WWF tag team of all time, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. The Rockers. They could have a rocker theme night. Have Shawn Michaels come out and throw the first pitch. I'm all in on the Cleveland Rockers. Well, you got a whole rollout playing Cleveland. Cleveland Indians, or Cleveland Rockers, I should say. Call Tyler. He'll do your marketing for you. What's the last one? <laughs> All right. Lastly, we've got a little bit of uh, sad news. Florida player Keontae Johnson collapsed during the game with Florida State. Was in critical condition. Had to be put in a medically induced coma. Seems to be improving, but this raises some flags about whether college basketball should be played. Does this give you any pause, Brandon, about playing college basketball? Depends on what caused it. I mean, we don't know. No, there's no not any reports come out that say it's COVID-related. It could just be as... You know, just part of a genetic thing or just something that happened that's a fluke. We don't know until they tell us it's related to something that's part of the whole quarantine breakdown and all that kind of stuff. we got to keep playing basketball, and that's it. Two all minutes, right. 15 seconds. Not bad. That was pretty good. We shot for a minute. I think that was being a little bit ambitious. But I feel like we covered a lot of ground, Tyler. I think, in theory, this podcast could be five minutes long if we really tried. <laughs> we just proved it. It could. We, we spend a lot of time just babbling, evidently. <laughs> Apparently, we do. Speaking of that, we're going to babble quite a bit right now. If you didn't watch the game today, the Kentucky Wildcats lost by 12 points to the University of North Carolina Tar Heels in a game that saw Kentucky play so well for much of the game. We're up by 11 points at one point. Up by 11 points, playing well, and then the wheels fell off about 12 minutes left in the game. There are a lot of bullet points that we probably need to hit in this game, a lot of issues we need to talk about and just the team overall. Tyler, I'm going to give you the floor because you, you called me. I thought you were going to hurt somebody. You were angry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, yeah. I think I think everybody was. Yeah, you were a little angry, and I was too. I was getting ready to call you, and you said, dude, I was getting ready to call you like right when you called me. Yeah, I was literally texting you when you <laughs> called me. Yeah, so we had the same thought. Tyler, I'm going to let you have the floor. What are your thoughts on whatever you want to talk about with this game? I want to hear it right now. Watching this team play... It, it's like if the Hindenburg crashed into the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, you you t- just take the two worst disasters to ever happen. This team is an absolute disaster. Absolute disaster. We can't shoot. We can't score. We can't defend. We can't play defense without fouling. We turn the ball over. We can't pass. We don't make good decisions. We're never in the right spot. Our coach's decision-making and in-game strategy and substitution drives me nuts. We have players crying and leaving the bench before the game is over. We have no players who are even willing to do the post-game interview, so Keon Brooks comes in to talk about the game. Mind you, Keon Brooks did not play in the game, but he did the post-game interview. This is just an absolute disaster. And we we can get more into the reasons why if if we have I can't to. I can't wait Tyler I can't wait it, you sound like you're almost you know it's like this is what we are now and we have no way to control it that's what you're coming off like like you're almost like there is no redeeming factor in this team and you it doesn't seem like you think there's any hope for the rest of the season I mean is that accurate or this team is not making the NCAA tournament Ooh. they are not going to make it. I mean, just look, we're sitting at one in five right now. We only have about 20 games left. We we would have to go almost undefeated in conference play just to have a winning record to be eligible for the tournament at this point. We're not making the tournament. Unless, unless we buy some miracle win the SEC tournament, we're not making the big dance. Just go ahead, just go ahead and assume that. Well... Here's something to think about, Tyler. We mentioned we were one in five. We're one in five for the first time since the 1926-27 season, which is a season that saw us uh, end up three and thirteen. Uh, it's also oh, Tyler, what, what you got over look, there? You know what this is? It looks like a bottle of bourbon. This is a bottle of Basil Hayden, Tyler. I just picked this up. You know why I brought this? Because the last time Kentucky was one in five in 1926-1927, Basil Hayden was our basketball coach. <laughs> and Coach Adofferup was 25 years old. Oh, boy. That's the last time. That's a really long time. It's never good when you're comparing a UK season to 1927. <laughs> no, it's not, unless it's in a, a good way. Like, wow, we're beating people just as bad as we did in 1927. There's a lot of problems with this team, Tyler. And I think probably the biggest thing that's hanging over... I'm looking at the bigger picture here, and I'll let you get into the the, the details of you know the game itself and and the breakdowns that you mentioned but i think overall i think there's this overwhelming sense of just indifference or apathy around the program right now you know uk basketball games used to be must-see tv they used to be events that you know if if kentucky lost people didn't recover for a day or two the -hmm. sun did not come out in our old kentucky home when we (laughs) we lost games and i don't know what's worse tyler than losing than having having an apathetic fan base but i can tell you that it is happening with people that I know never missed games. Season ticket holders, not even turning on the TV or recording the games anymore. This is like a wash, rinse, and repeat. What do I mean by that? We do the same thing every year. Since 2015, when we had our super team, we struggled early on in the season. We watched bad basketball from November through the end of February, and we pray to the Lord above that we're good enough for March and we make a run. And, of course, that's what makes you the greatest program in history, Tyler, playing well for four to six weeks out of the year. I think people are tired of watching bad basketball majority of the year. The Jared Vanderbilt factor, I think, was a tipping point with this program and with Coach Calipari when we saw players that didn't even contribute hardly anything to the team just leave anyway. 
It doesn't matter. Eh, so I only played in half the games. Eh, it kind of sucked in all of them. I'm going anyway. And then you sit and watch uh, Johnny Juzang for UCLA just come in and light it up, and he couldn't <laughs> find the first floor three shots. at UK. So Cal says he wants to bring in shooters like Jamal Baker and Johnny Juzang, but if they miss one shot, they're out. But yep. B.J. Boston can chuck 16 threes in a row, but hell, he's got a seven-foot wingspan, Tyler. He must be good. If we got points based on wingspan, we'd be dominating this year. <laughs> points only get scored by putting the ball in the basket. We've run off two of our last two players. Uh, Jamal Baker was Pac-10 Player of the Week last week, and last I checked, Johnny Juzang had like 13 or 14 points leading the UCLA Bruins in scoring in the Ohio State game in the Champions Classic. I don't know what he ended up with, but either way, you're running off players... We're losing people to transfers, and people are leaving for the draft. Nobody wants to stay here for whatever reason, <laughs> whether it's to transfer or go to the draft. And it starts to make you wonder, what is the common denominator? I can only think of one. Hmm. I, I don't know. And I don't. how do you feel about that, Ty? I mean, are you at the point, and I, I almost hate to bring this up because Cal's done such a good job, but at what point do you start to say, I think this isn't working anymore? And have you reached that point? I have defended Calipari for a long time. I actually have a friend who has been very critical of Cal for most of his tenure at Kentucky. And the last couple of years, I've had arguments defending Cal and saying, look, who else are you going to get? I mean, we've been to four Final Fours. We won a national title. Sure. That argument keeps getting harder and harder and I, I have reached a point that I'm I am tired and done of defending Calipari and what has happened to the program in the last five years. We have created a culture where, like you said, you stay one year no matter what. You either go to the pros or you transfer. Or, or you quit the team. Or you just quit like Khalil <laughs> Whitney did. And you have to look at, okay, this is the culture that's been created. Who created that culture? John Calipari. Okay. The coach is responsible for building the culture of your team and your program. And if that's the culture we have created, he has to be held accountable for that. He has to be held accountable for all these guys who are transferring. He has to be held accountable when guys like Dante Allen can't get in the game when he's the best three-point shooter on the roster. But like you just mentioned, B.J. Boston can miss 18 threes in a row. And still gets to put up his 19th, and Cal doesn't bat an eye at it. Keeps telling, hey, keep shooting. Keep shooting, BJ. Yeah, and even after the game, somebody asked him about, not necessarily in those words, but, you know, why do you leave somebody out there that keeps missing shots when other players get a shorter leash? And he says, well, I want to leave people in so that they feel like if they miss a shot, they can still keep going. That only happens with the guys that don't shoot the ball well. He leaves shooters <laughs> that pl- that can put the ball in the hole. He, run- he runs them off because as soon as they miss, oh, well, you're done. I can't play you. You're out of You know what I mean? He gets the axe. But yet people can just chuck it up left and right, and it's been brutal. Brutal basketball to watch. Yeah, if, if you remember the Elite Eight game against Auburn when Jamal Baker fouled the guy on the three-point shot and Calipari screamed at him, I can't play you, and literally did not put him back in the entire second half after that. Well, my God, how many mistakes has B.J. Boston and Terrence Clark and Devin Askew and all these other guys, how many mistakes do they get before they get that treatment? Well, let's talk about what happened at the end of the game, too. With about, I don't know, four or five minutes left, Cameron Fletcher is seen visibly on the sidelines crying. There's no, there's no crying. 
Well, apparently there is on this team. <laughs> you know, I mean, something's going on. Did you see that? I mean, I what, what are your thoughts on it. that? I mean, w- w- what's going on here? Do you think the problems run deeper than just, oh, we're not playing well, we're not making shots? Do you think there is a significant crack in this team's armor? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it was visible today. It was very visible. I mean, you had Terrence Clark arguing with Calipari, yelling back and forth. I mean, you saw we saw Fletcher crying. Like, I've never seen anything like this, man. Never. I didn't think I would ever see this at Kentucky, and especially under John Calipari, mm-hmm. who for years could do no wrong and had you know had the magic wand, as he likes to say. Yeah. But oh my God, this team is is. It's not fun to watch. It's terrible basketball. I can't defend Calipari anymore, honestly. We've not been to a Final Four in six years. His in-game strategy and the overall culture he's built here, I'm just tired of it. I'm sick of it. He ha- he has got to fix it, and he has got to fix it quickly. Because all these guys are leaving after the year. B.J. Boston's going pro. Terrence mm-hmm. Clark's going to go. Isaiah Jackson's going to go. Olivier Saar and Davion Mintz, there go our five, our whole starting five, as terrible as we are, is gone. Yeah, and that is that is the biggest problem. I do believe that Jared Vanderbilt was a tipping point with people viewing this program. I really do. I think Jared Vanderbilt was the tipping point when people realized, you know what, win, lose, or draw, we're going to lose these guys anyway. And we don't get anything in return. And, you know, there's always the argument, well, you got to do what's best for the players. Okay, how am I supposed to care about that? I've, I've known this guy for six months. <laughs> you know, I haven't watched him develop. I don't even know who the heck he is because they limit access so much. Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to care about you when I barely even know you? There's people, I mean, if you did a lineup of all the players on the current team and showed it to a season ticket holder, I wonder how many could identify the player's correct name. We used to know every player down to the walk-ons and how they got on the team as a walk-on. Yeah, what what city they were from, you know, what their favorite food is. You know, like. Mad Heisenbuttle, Steve Masiello, you know. I mean, these, but now, heck, I don't even know who they are now. And I don't even know the players that are getting in regular rotation. I know it because they put their name on the screen. But otherwise, I don't know these people. So, you know, you're asking the fans to give a lot without giving anything in return. And when you put all your eggs in the basket, like just like I said last week, when you put all your eggs in the basket of saying the only thing that matters is your seating in March, well, that's fantastic. Well, you better deliver in March. Fact is, he's been here for 10 years, and we've won one title with consistently the number one or number two recruiting classes in the country. That ain't good. Nope. It's starting to add up. I think it's been a cumulative effect, and people are getting very apathetic and tired of it. Yeah, and every year we get the same complaint from Cal. Oh, I've got the youngest team in the country. We've got the toughest schedule. It's not fair to these guys. And you know, he's always lecturing the fan base. Well, you you picked this team. Like as, as a college <laughs> yeah. coach, you get to choose the players that you want to come play for you. You hand selected every single one of these guys. So that excuse doesn't fly. Hey, if if you wanted a veteran roster a veteran team you could build one Mm -hmm. other coaches do he has chosen to build his team in this fashion and for a long time it's worked but it ain't working anymore yeah he does do a veteran squad sometimes with these uh you know like olivier sar the transfers but they're he's doing it in the one and done style we don't actually have guys that stay here year after year 
help the young people or even the experienced people from other teams say, hey, this is what happens as a UK player. This is how we do practice. These are the drills. This is everything. There's nobody like that anymore. We have a brand new team, man. Keon Brooks is the only guy. And Dante Allen. Dante didn't play last year, and Keon Brooks hasn't played any this year. You know what I mean? Um, and then you also see recruits going to other schools and totally lighting it up. Kentucky yeah. high school recruits. You know, Calipari says Pikeville to Paducah. I can tell you he that, that may be his model for not recruiting. He doesn't <laughs> recruit between Pikeville and Paducah. That's the only thing I can think of. That You know what I mean? And you see all these other players just going everywhere else and just killing it. You see transfers, Johnny Juzang, Jamal Baker, going other places and just knocking it out of the park. Other players and other recruits are going to start to notice that. Other coaches are going to start using that in recruiting and say, you know what, these guys thought they were going to be really good, and they left Kentucky, and they're blowing up. You don't need them to be successful. That's what I would do. If I'm a, if I'm a Duke coach, which God forbid I ever become a Duke coach, <laughs> I would say, you know what, they've had talented shooters come to Kentucky. And if you miss one shot, you're out, and you're going to transfer to Duke, and you wish you would have chose us in the first place. That's an easy recruiting tool. He runs all the shooters off, and we're left with players that have nice wingspans but can't do anything with it. The only thing that they're good for is fanning people off with their long <laughs> arms, right? That's all they got. You know, they got long arms, long wingspan, but that doesn't put points on the board. Yeah, it, it frustrates me to no end what we're seeing with Dante Allen and what we saw before with Baker and Juzang. Hey, you and I both played basketball. Yes. Hey, as a basketball player, hey, that that is something that you are supposed to earn your minutes, right? You earn it in practice. Mm-hmm. It's it, it should not be okay, this guy has the most potential, so I'm going to keep playing him over somebody who's maybe working harder or maybe could actually help the team more. Calipari doesn't even give people a chance. He doesn't give Dante Allen a chance. Didn't give Baker a chance. Didn't give Jesus. Like, how 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 would that make you feel if you are Dante Allen and you're working your butt off in practice and you're sitting on the bench and you see all these guys playing terribly? You see them arguing with their coach. You see them leaving the bench crying. You see them all refusing to go to the post game interview, and you still can't even get in the game. What's holding? What's even holding him to want to play for this team anymore? No well, wonder these guys leave. Well, there's one thing. I don't know Dante Allen's work ethic, but from you know interviews that we've heard from other coaches, he has an amazing work ethic. Yep. Like, works super hard. So I, that, from going from what other people say, I will take that at your word on that. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, it's just It just blows my mind how he handles his rotations. And I know we're just sitting here bashing on Cal, but when you're 1-5 and five and you have this, you know, we haven't done this since Basil Hayden. I think you deserve to get a little bit of a ripping. I mean, that's just my opinion. Yep. I think it's very well deserved. I do want to ask, though, when you say potential, you say Cal has, sees potential. Do you think it's potential to help the team or potential to get drafted to improve their draft stock? What do you think Cal is playing more towards? Do you think he's trying to showcase the players for their NBA future, and he hopes that by doing that it drags along the program and the team gets better oh, yeah, I think or do you think it's okay he has the potential to help me win an elite eight game to get me to the final four which one do you think he puts more stock in right oh, now it's definitely the former i mean he's he's pretty much stated that as such that his philosophy is to get these guys to the pros and that that will drag the program along with it and i think it's a crappy philosophy honestly as a kentucky fan it it breaks my heart that our coach is more worried about getting guys to the pros than he is the program but do you think it sucks. but do you think that 
Okay. Because his philosophy, I think, is that if I focus on that, by default, the team will be good and the program will be better. Do you think that he needs to rethink that? I guess is what I'm saying. Because I, I think that's obvious that's the philosophy. Mm-hmm. Do you think that he needs to correct it? And more importantly, do you think he would actually ever admit that he was wrong? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, that's the big thing. We know Cal's pretty stubborn. But do you think... So you don't think he would change He's not going to, that, That's. I think that's the biggest fault. The Achilles heel of John Calipari is his stubbornness. And it, it may have got him to this point... But his refusal to adjust, to make adjustments, to consistently play man-to-man and never play zone, his stubbornness that I've got my core guys and I'm playing them no matter how poor they're playing, I'm not putting other guys in, I'm sticking with the guys that I want, his stubbornness is going to be his downfall, I think. Okay, well, here's another question. I know I'm playing 20 questions with you, but this is important. We've got to examine this. Do you think that by putting... BJ Boston on the bench that you are helping the team. Do you yes. think do you think that helps the team and who do you play in his place? Anybody. Okay. <laughs> I can't stand I mean what what does BJ Boston do? Well, name one thing BJ Boston does well. Dribble the ball off his leg. <laughs> you know, it reminds me of Alex Poitras. I loved Alex Poitras, but he was the king of either uh, getting a walk or stepping out of bounds trying to drive the baseline. Yep. That was his patented move. Um, but it just, it hurts, man. And I tell you, the more that other recruits see these elite recruits come to Kentucky and struggle, the more ammunition they have to come after Cal. And eventually his system's going to turn on itself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Other recruits are going to say, if I was a recruit, I would have serious questions right now. There's something going on. I don't know what it is. There may be something behind closed doors that I'm not privy to. I just know that the product on tape sucks. Yep, and you have got to give the fan base something, because we are giving a lot and we are getting almost nothing. You know what I mean? We we get nothing. We cheer for players we don't even know, and then they leave. They suck, and we move on. <laughs> we'll get what a, whole a new group next year? Rinse, wash, rinse, and repeat. Yep, it's a bad cycle. I don't know. Did you have anything else on that topic? I mean, I didn't want to ramble on there, but I think it's important we spent some time on this topic because a lot of people are talking about it. A lot of people are upset. Did we miss anything? I I, I think we hit a lot. I think we we talked about things Cal's doing wrong, things the team's doing wrong, the culture. I'm so frustrated. It's, like I said, it's, it's the Titanic meeting the Hindenburg. Well, I'm going to keep cheering for the Cats. It's very As difficult. Will I. I, I still think there's this conspiracy theory that Eddie Grant is running our offense on the basketball team, but we'll save that for another show because we're not scoring. We haven't scored in football. We're not scoring in basketball. It's like we're offensively just there's something. I think that's wrong. a slander to Eddie Grant. I mean, he was that was this bad. I would take Eddie Grant as off. You know, <laughs> right. I, I would actually take Eddie Grant's X and, X's and O's better than what we have right now. Yes. Jeez Louise. Well, it's been an interesting segment. Ty. We had to get that out of the way because I mean it's a problem. You and I talked about it. We're upset. I'm not going to get off the, the the wagon here, though. I hope we get better, but at my core, I'm still a Kentucky fan. There's not a point in my life where I will ever not cheer for them. But, man, you got to give me something. Just give us something, right? Something. Anything. Yeah. We got Louisville next week. What do you think? Win? Loss? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I'm really nervous that we're going to be 1-6. So, Brandon six. says we're 1-6. 
it's not looking good. I mean, you got to show me some. Now, do you remember, Tyler, before we close out here, do you remember at the beginning of the season we talked about these highly ranked recruits? And, I, and I've got to the point in my fandom where I've said, you know what? Great. Five-star recruit. Show me something on the court. Do you remember we, we had that conversation oh, yeah. like five times on this show? Yep. This season proves exactly why. I don't care how many stars you have. I don't care how awesome your mixtape is. It doesn't matter anymore. you got to show me something because Calipari has proven and these players have proven that stars, when put together on a team, don't automatically equal something great. So give us something. Don't Give, give us, us a... Dante Allen, Cal. Put him in the game. Oh, geez. When's Richie playing? <laughs> Did Rich, you think Richie's going to play tonight? Anyway, Tyler, for this next segment, we are going to cover uh, you know, the vaccines, Supreme Court rulings, the Electoral College, uh, Donald Trump, Santa Claus is a super spreader, and Tom Cruise yelling at everyone. Wow, we're going to talk about all that? And more, wow. actually. It's going to be okay. a crazy segment. So the Band-Aid's been pulled off. We're going to try to enjoy ourselves here, and we're going to move on to the next segment. Yeah, we're going to have some more fun. No more Debbie Downer. Wow. wow. Let's make it happen. Let's Stay with it. us. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Segment two. Welcome back. Segment two, episode 36 of the Lex Buds Pick and Roll podcast. We're going to hit our rundown. We're just going to go into it. There's some interesting news topics for this week. And Brandon, start us out. What we got first? Well, absolutely, Tyler. I'm excited to talk about something other than UK basketball this week. Amen. Tyler, shots in the arm and COVID's to blame, but <laughs> Pfizer is made a vaccine. <laughs> did you see what I did there? That was terrible, wasn't it? I did that. Thank you. Tyler, this week, UPS shipped in its first doses of the new Pfizer vaccine, and we just found out that Moderna has been approved for emergency use as well for their vaccine. Tyler, does this change your outlook for 2021, and how do you feel overall now that the long-promised vaccines are finally rolling out and going into the hands of the people that need it? This is amazing, man. Uh, I mean... When when this stuff first hit in March, I mean, everybody said, oh, it's going to be at least a year. I mean, we're probably looking at next spring, next summer, before we even have a vaccine, let alone being able to distribute it. And here we are, not even at the end of 2020 yet. Vaccines are already here in our state. We've seen various medical facilities all across the state taking them. Mm-hmm. It really it, it, it makes you proud to be an American. You know what, Tyler? The, the I American wanna... ingenuity. It's amazing what we've been able to do here. I mean, there's a, it's been an all-hands-on-deck process, first of all. This has been all across the world people have been trying to figure this out. So it took on all-hands-on-deck experience. It made me want to light up a cigar, <laughs> have some bourbon and crank uh, Lee Greenwoods, and I'm proud to be an American. <laughs> I just wanted to have that on repeat all day long when I saw these first right. shipments come in. I think it's awesome. It shows that when we actually want to do something, we can do it. And, you know, we had a new virus that we're not familiar with. We have a treatment by the end of the year. We're going to kick its ass. I feel good about it. Can I say that word? I don't know if I, I just did. <laughs> but anyway, I feel good about it. I'm excited. Proud to be an American. Yeah. I, I would like also like to add, how much pressure is there on the FedEx guy who is delivering the vaccines to the hospitals? I'm sure you saw on the oh, news yeah. that, that. They was, were interviewing. They had the video. Yeah. And they, they showed him getting them on the cart and pushing the cart in. Dude, they got so many Christmas deliveries. <laughs> they just think it's another one. They're like, dude, I got I got like 50 more deliveries. Like, Here, out of my way, Yeah, camera, if you guys man. want these vaccines, I'm throwing them out the door. You pick them up, I'm going. I got 50 packages to deliver. What's yeah. next, Tyler? All right. Next up, uh, the Supreme Court <clears throat> ruled this week on a case regarding Kentucky schools. Governor Bashir, as you may or may not know, had ordered that all of the state's K-12 schools, both public and private, 
had to close temporarily to help combat the coronavirus. The decision from the Supreme Court said that private schools did not have the right to be exempt from the governor's mandate, so all schools in Kentucky remain closed for now, public or private. Brandon, agree or disagree with the court's decision? Look, if the, if it's based on what's current law in Kentucky, then maybe they have to they have to rule that way. I would just say if you don't like the fact that so much power is in one person's hands, change change that in the legislature with the next run, you know, the next time they get in session and do something. To be honest with you, I mean, if they're ruling based on current laws right now, it sucks. But they could be right in this case, and I, I trust the Supreme Court in this particular matter um you know i may disagree with it but i trust their judgment on this and if they're going on kentucky law maybe that's the issue yeah i I actually read part of the uh opinion on this and i I found it interesting that part of the reason they made this decision is that uh bashir's mandate that schools had to be closed was only temporary and that it was it was set to end soon yeah that's that's the reasoning it's set to end soon. That's the only reason. Yeah, which kind of makes you think. So does that mean Bashir could just start doing whatever he wants but saying we're only going to do it for two weeks? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of scary, honestly, that you know, a part of the Supreme Court's decision is that the fact that the, the his <laughs> law was about to end... So who's say he just doesn't keep doing it for two week increments at a time for the next? Yeah, absolutely. Three years. If, if he mandates, hey, we're all going to do crack for the next two weeks. By the time it goes to court, well, it expires in a week, so yeah. it's fine. Well, how about is it right or wrong first, just for future reference, so we know? Mm-hmm. But they kick the can down the road yeah. on it. But I mean, you go with it; it's fine. Mm-hmm. Tyler, next um, this week, the Electoral College pledged their votes, and Joe Biden has been selected as the next president of the United States. These results still have to be accepted by Congress. Tyler, can we finally definitively say that Joe Biden is the president-elect? And probably even more interestingly, do you think President Trump will ever utter those words? <laughs> the I concede words? Yes. Uh, probably not. Uh, it is now official, I think. I said, I mean, I don't know. Trump's still got all these mysterious uh, conspiracies that, that he keeps saying. and Okay. Uh, you know, but... Mitch McConnell just referred to him as president-elect, so that's got to mean something, right? Uh, I, I think in the bigger picture, the Electoral College, I, I think this brings up a bigger debate. I mean, cause Hillary Clinton came out this week and said that the Electoral College needed to go. And, th- and that's with a Democrat just winning the presidency, mind you. So I, I, th- I think we need to take... Now, uh, you're shaking your head. Go on. I, I actually agree with her that... For the last couple of elections, well, just, just okay. Scr- now just, wait a minute. Just, are just, are just you saying scratch, because it didn't because that. because it didn't go a certain way? Now we need to examine the electoral well, no, college. Her, her person just won. No, tr- Tyler, trust me. There's that. one political party in this country, and I won't say it out loud just so I'm not divisive, but that does not want the electoral college because it allows all states to represent who wins, and not just California and New York to decide the presidency. If you're going on popular vote, just campaign in California and New York, you'll probably win. I mean, well, that's what everybody does now anyway, so what's the difference? They don't campaign in California and New York. They go to Iowa. They go to Ohio. They go to Pennsylvania. They go to Florida. Yeah, and those are the only, you know, there's four or five states, and those are the only states that matter, I think, if you did In this popular... election cycle, but Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan didn't didn't matter in the elections eight years ago. Yeah, but, but now I mean, changed. every election, there's only a handful of states that matter. If in... you do popular vote, everybody's vote is equal. 
So you're a fan of the popular vote. So you're so you're a fan of letting bigger states and bigger cities make the judgment for a farmer in Iowa and and dictated the law. Well, they already do. Do they? I mean, do they? Pretty much, yeah. I think that president, you know, you know, potential presidential hopefuls look at what's going on in the Midwest because they have electoral votes. They want to make sure the farmers in Iowa are happy when they're going there. Wouldn't you like for your vote to matter, though? Your vote does matter. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Not it, in a presidential you, you election have a couple, in You Kentucky. have a couple of choices. Do you want New York and California to vote for everybody else, or do you want to have all 50 states represented? I want my vote to matter. That's fine. It matters <laughs> in the Electoral College. It does not. It does, too. First of all, you would have to have two-thirds. Trump was going to win Kentucky no matter what. You have to have two-thirds of the votes to overturn the Electoral College or even bring it up. It's not going to happen. You think I was going to voluntarily going to go and say probably not going to so, happen. So it's a but. pipe dream, and it's some, it's a democratic. I just said democratic. I said I wasn't going to mention it. It's a democrat <laughs> pipe dream. It's not going to happen, and it's fun to talk about. Just not going to happen. And I actually like the electoral college. It makes the the voting a lot more interesting. People have to travel to more states than just New York and California. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. We'll save that for another show. Though. Yeah. All right, uh, Brandon, the mayor of Atlantic City is auctioning off something I think is very interesting. Okay. And I want to know if you would put in a bid on this auction. Mm-hmm. You can bid on the chance to push a button on the controlled implosion of the Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino Ooh. in Atlantic City. You can actually push the button that will set off the chain reaction for this explosion to go off. The current top bid, though, unfortunately, is over a hundred grand. So I'm, mm, I'm guessing you probably, if you're like me, you don't have that kind of cash. Not on, not in my wallet, yeah. But if you had the money, would you bid on this? Um, you know, not for this particular property. Now, some people are going to want to do it just because it's Trump and they want to blow Trump up. Let's be honest; that's what this is. But you know what? If you're trying to earn money for the city or whoever they're using this money for. It's a pretty good idea. I give them points for creativity and, sure. and getting money. Nothing wrong with that. The only thing I have a problem with is that, you know, on a side note, it is saying, hey, we want you to get your aggression out on Trump. <laughs> you know, but hey, you know, a lot of people are in need of money right now. These cities are hurting for local yeah. tax dollars. <laughs> Let them get it however they want to do it. You know, if there's an Obama, you know, library implosion at some point or whatever, <laughs> you know, if, if, if the building's going to go anyway... It's one of those things like, well, hey, if the building's got to go, why don't we make some money off of it? That's a total Trump idea, by the way. Mm-hmm. He would he would do this. <laughs> Trump would do this if it didn't right? have Trump on the thing. <laughs> so it's actually, I think it's a good idea. Yeah, maybe you maybe they can somebody can blow up Obama's birth certificate or something. That's <laughs> support. I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, honestly, I, th- I think it's it's pretty cool the the fact oh, that. Geez. And they said you can do this from anywhere in the world, so you don't even have to be, you know, you know, COVID, whatever, travel and all that. You don't even have to go to Atlantic City. You could, from the comforts of your own home, which I have no idea how that works. I need somebody to explain that to me. Uh, you know, I, I don't even know the difference. It's between, a bunch. It's a bunch of baloney. Vegan and vegetarian. The detonator buttons in one place. You're either there or you're not. So you're saying this is a sham? Well, it's a sham if that's the case. There's only one detonator button. Hmm. So if you do it from your home, you're saying, hey, man, will you push that button for me? It's the equivalent of saying, hey, son, will you change the channel for me on the TV? Like in the 80s when, before there were remotes. Hey, uh, will you change the channel for me? It's the same thing. Now, if that were the case, I wouldn't fork over 100 grand for it. I'd want to push the button physically. Yeah. Well, that's just disappointing. Yeah. That, that kind of puts a whole downer on the whole story. Yeah. 
It's not going to happen. All right, what's next? All right, Tyler. Ho, ho, no! A Georgia couple. <laughs> your intro. Yeah, a Georgia couple who dressed up as Santa and Mrs. Claus for a community event found out they were COVID positive three days later after the event's conclusion. The event was attended by five, uh, by fifty children in the local area. Tyler, should we cancel Santa this year? And is he the ultimate super spreader? <laughs> uh, of course, this will be Georgia. Of 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 all the places for this to be, what's that I, supposed I, to mean? I feel like Georgia ruins everything, has okay. ruined everything with COVID. Fair enough. Um, I, I'm sure these are lovely people, and you know they had no intent to to be a super spreader. Okay. Uh, from all I've heard, they they are very very good people, and from people terrible. you know in the area. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. My my inside <laughs> sources in Georgia. Um, but I, I we have taken our kids twice to see Santa Claus, and in both cases. One time he was behind uh, plexiglass, and the other one we took him to, he was behind a window, and they had a microphone. The kids could talk, and there was a speaker where they could hear Santa talking to them. Like Santa's in prison or something? (laughs) Kind of, yeah. (laughs) Santa's behind the glass. I love you, Santa. And then Santa puts his hands up on the glass. I love you. What do you want, little Billy? I want Legos. And you're touching hands on the glass. You're kidding me. That did not happen. We we did that. No. We did. Tyler. It was very very cool. Do you think this was irresponsible? I mean, that's the ultimate little, question. Is yeah. it irresponsible? I don't I think, know. I think it is. I mean, with all we know, I mean... But they didn't find out till three days later. Or is it irresponsible or is it just unfortunate? I mean, all these other places are taking safety measures for Santa Claus. These two that I went to had, you know, you couldn't just go sit in Santa's lap. All right, let's, let's have some common sense, Georgia. Let's put Santa in prison. Okay. Didn't say put him in prison. That's pretty much what you just said. Okay, go ahead. All right, Brandon, a, a <laughs> committee in San Francisco wants to assassinate Lincoln again. They want, oh, no. Okay. They want to remove Abraham Lincoln's name from a local high school because of his past treatment of Native Americans. Now, we all know name changes have been quite popular in the news lately. Do you agree or disagree with this committee wanting Lincoln High School change? Ah, this is the dumbest, I almost said an expletive. This is the dumbest crap I've ever heard. When are we going to stop with this crap? Do you remember when we were talking about the statue debates and everybody's like, oh, what? Even Trump said this, okay? Even if you don't like Trump, he did say, oh, they're going to come for Washington and Lincoln next. And people were like, nah, nah. <laughs> yeah, come on, we're not that dumb. We are that dumb. We have done it within a year of him saying that. It's absolutely unbelievable. Trust me, if you name stuff after people today, people 50 years from now, based on this precedent, are going to look back and say, well, those people in 2020 talked about us like this, and we don't go by that anymore, and that's a problem. Folks, we have to stop doing this. It's never going to stop if you don't. You just got to stop it. You know what I mean? Just stop. It's getting ridiculous. If you're saying that you can't have Abraham Lincoln, one of the greatest presidents who freed the friggin' slaves on a school, what is your precedent? (laughs) Please tell me. You have lost your mind. I love San Francisco. I think it's a fantastic city. I like the culture. I like the food. The people are nice. But geez louise, if you're coming for Honest Abe, what's next? I mean, you you make a great point. We're talking about Abraham freaking Lincoln, who is universally pretty much, I mean, in every ranking of presidents is number one. 
both Democrats and Republicans talk about Abraham Lincoln. You, you watch the presidential debates, both presidents, you know, they're always referencing Abraham Lincoln, both sides. I mean, if there is one president who can unite everyone in the... I, don't, I can't think of anyone so you're who agreeing. would say Abraham Lincoln was a bad president. Let, let's just not name anything after anybody anymore. Let's just name it San Francisco High School. Or let's just call it the high school. The high let's, school. Let's, let's not name it anything anymore. Well, don't say high because that, in, in, that could mean like I'm high. Okay. So you just call it the school. The school. The school for older kids. Can't say older. That's ages. <laughs> and can't say kids because that makes them feel like they're not smart. So you just call it. Can you give it a symbol? You remember how Prince went by a symbol? <laughs> <laughs> you need to give, give these schools a symbol and they just go by that. Yes. I love it. Jeez Louise. But these people, I think these people are just kooky. I don't think anything's going to happen. They also uh, have... You don't a- think anything's going to happen? No. This is just a bunch of crazy people. This you is- said it was universally accepted. In this case, I think San Francisco is on a different universe, Tyler. I think yes. they're living in an alternate reality. I don't understand it. We knew this would happen. You got It's never going to stop. It never stops. So you got to stop it at some point. Anyway, Tyler, to finish out the segment, I've got one last one here. Tyler, it looks like Tom Cruise has sent the crew of his new film, Mission Impossible 7, into the danger zone. It appears he's lost that loving feeling for the crew, who he claims have often broke COVID protocols during the filming of the movie, according to a recently leaked obscenity-filled audio tirade. Tyler, is Tom Cruise in the wrong here in his tirade? When I first heard this, I I was thinking to myself, oh my God, Tom Cruise is about to get destroyed on social media. But it turned out to be the opposite. He is getting so much praise for this, and I was shocked. Because you, here you have a, you know, the, the Hollywood elite. I mean, you talk about A-list, big-name actors. It doesn't get much higher than Tom He's Cruise. He's the biggest, probably. Yeah. And here he is just berating the the lowly staff on this movie set. And I'm thinking, oh my God, this this is going to be the end of his career. Yet he, he is getting universal, well not universal, but surprisingly, a lot of people are saying, good, good job, Tom. Finally, somebody is taking it seriously. You disagree? I disagree, yes. Why? You, you cannot talk to people like that. When you are in a position of authority, you should not be able to talk to your subordinates like that. You should not be able to call them MFers and scream at them. I mean, just just take it your job. If your boss talked to you like that at your job, I mean, they'd have a lawsuit against them. Yeah, that's true. I'm sure John Calipari never yells or uses expletives, so I'll make a note of that. John Calipari never uses bad words or expletives. I don't think John Calipari should talk to his players like that either. If we're coming back full circle, that's another problem I have with John Calipari. He just yells at his players the entire game. Okay, well, I mean, in this case, let's say your film industry, like Tom Cruise's, is on the brink of just total collapse. They're not bringing in any money. They're, you know, they're like every other business. They're like the restaurant down the street. They're all struggling. And his whole thing was, hey, we're not just filming this movie. We're trying to save the whole dang industry. And if you guys don't get your SHIT together, the whole thing's going to collapse. He did call them MFers, which is probably a problem. <laughs> but, I mean, I think a lot of people appreciate the sentiment because it's like, hey, 
you got to get your stuff together. This is not a joke. This whole it's not it's bigger than this Mission Impossible movie. The whole dang thing could go under. The funding for these movies could go under, and he's probably under a lot of pressure too. He's an A-list no, no actor. Doubt. He's the face of a lot of what Hollywood is. I mean, and he has been for twenty years or more. You know, he's probably like, hey, this is not a joke. And there's probably a lot of people that say, you know what, this COVID thing is not a joke. And those are the people that are going to be fans of what he's saying. Yeah, I 100% support his message. I just think the the choice of how he got that message across, I think, was... was See, I didn't, I didn't have a problem with it at all. And you know how I feel about elite Hollywood, you know, all that stuff. I was actually fine with it. Interesting. It didn't bother me at all. Okay. I don't know. Well, so we ended on a Tom Cruise. Tyler, we covered Tom Cruise, Santa Claus, Donald Trump, the Supreme Court vaccines, and Governor Bashir. Um, I feel like we really covered a lot that segment. We did. What's your favorite Tom Cruise movie? Uh, oh, jeez. You know what? This is sounds kind of stupid. I really like Mission Impossible 3. <laughs> 3. Yeah, 3. <laughs> Mission Impossible 3. Okay, not 1 or 2 or no, 4 no, no. or 5 or 6. No, Mission the, Impossible. The third one is the one Mission you Impossible like. 3. Go watch it. It's a very good movie. Okay. I never watched Top Gun. I've never watched Days of Thunder. I haven't watched A Few Good Men. Which is a tragedy. I haven't, I haven't watched Risky Business. I mean, there's a lot of Tom Cruise movies I haven't watched, so just to be fair. What's your favorite? Days of Thunder. Mr. Smart By guy. far. Days of Thunder. Okay, I've never I seen love it, it, so I can't say anything about it. Well, I'm sure it's a fine And you haven't flick. seen Top Gun, so you need to watch those over the break. Yeah. I'll expect a full report back next yeah. week. Okay, we'll see. I think I'd rather watch the Tom Cruise tirade than watch those movies, <laughs> but that's okay. Tyler, that was a fun say, but you know what? I, You know what? I'm in a good mood, Tyler. I think we should go for a third segment. And do our irrational hatred segment. We talked about if we were going to do it or not. But I think we just go for it. And I we, think so, And too. we go go full on. We need to end this on a good note. Yes. And what better note to end on than hate? <laughs> <laughs> what better way to bring the country together? Absolutely, absolutely. So after this break, we'll come back with segment three. We're going to talk about our, is it our top five yeah. irrational hatreds? And we'll see you right after the break. Welcome back. Segment three, Tyler, of the Lex Buds and Pick and Roll podcast. It's been an interesting two segments so far, but I've got to hand it to you. <laughs> you. You sent me a text of an idea that I thought was pretty interesting and very open-ended and could lead in a lot of different directions, Tyler. We talked about our Guilty Pleasures draft, yes. what, a couple weeks ago, and that went very, very well. We got a very good response for that. You sent me something that you said we should do an irrational hatreds draft. <laughs> Irrational hatreds, Tyler. What is your definition of irrational hatred? Well, to, to me, irrational hatred is something or someone that drives you crazy, but maybe it only really bothers you, or you feel that it only bothers you, whereas other people don't even think about it or just let it go or don't care. It's something that you, and, and hate, again, is a strong word, uh, but something that really ticks you off or bothers you that you think bothers you more than the average person does. Okay, interesting. I have a little bit different definition. My definition would be something that shouldn't bother me, but it does, basically. Yeah. And maybe maybe there are a lot of other people that feel the same way, but I just look at things, and it makes me want to vomit where I stand. <laughs> yeah. So we have a little bit different definition, so this may lead to some different choices in our draft. 
right? That's right. That's okay because everybody has their philosophy of how they build their franchise. You know, we've talked about Cal's philosophy. So we will. We have we. (laughs) We'll each go into this with our own personal philosophies, and we will put this out on social media. Let everyone decide who has the best list of irrational and hatreds. to show you how prepared we were for the show tyler we didn't have a coin for the coin flip to see who got to go first in this draft um so we are going to here's what i'm going to do i'm going to write the number one or the number two on a piece of paper here okay I'm not and looking. so it's a 50 50 shot just like a coin flip mm-hmm. and you try to guess which number it is and i'll show you the number um don't look okay not not looking okay all right one or two tyler um i'm gonna say Two, because Kentucky looked like they were taking a big number two today. Jeez Louise. Okay, here's the number, Tyler. So it's a two. It's a two. I so get you to go first So again. you get to go first, Tyler. So let's go. What is your first selection in the Irrational Hatred draft? Okay. Uh, if, first of all, if, if we even needed the coin flip, if any of your list or any of the things on your list are on mine, then I'm going to be shocked. Okay. But I'm going to go with my first pick. This is what actually gave me the idea for this topic. Oh, okay. I'm interested. Because this happens probably, I mean, I guess probably once a week or once every couple weeks. Oh. To me, and it makes me angry every single time, and I'm like, I've got to be the only person in the world that this bothers. Wow. Okay. Okay. So here's the scenario, Brandon. You're ordering something online. You've entered your credit card information and then you go to where you're entering your billing address. Okay, you start typing in your address, type it in, hit tab, go to the next box, type it in, boom, you're moving, boom, tab, boom, boom. Then you get to the state, where you have to enter the state you live in. And you hit the letter K. And what automatically pops up but the state of Kansas. And so then I have to click on the drop-down box and go to KY because it only lets you type in the first letter. And it drives me crazy every single time. I'm like, Kansas, damn it. (laughs) Spoiled me again. Could have already had this order, but now i got to click this drop-down box to pick Kentucky. So my number one irrational hatred is the state of Kansas because they delay me ordering online for, for at least another 10 seconds. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean... <laughs> sorry, I'm having, I can't look at you right now. You're ridiculous. What's wrong with you? <laughs> See? I, uh, uh, who, who, who would even think of something like that, right? Has, has that ever once bothered you when Tyler, you're doing that? Have it you aggravates ever, the hell out of me. Does it really? Yeah, it drives me crazy. <laughs> I put it right up there when I'm ordering something, and it says, What country? I'm like, dude, you know exactly where I live. Why are you asking me what country? I, I live in the United States, and you have to scroll all the way down to the U's yeah. for United States. Just put it at the top. You know where I live. You know everything about my shopping habits, because <laughs> if I go on your website for more than two seconds, you end up in my Facebook feed. You end up on every other website I go to trying to sell me a blanket or a grill or something like that. You already know. Why are you asking me? But yeah, the Kansas thing drives me crazy. Tyler, yeah. it's so funny. <laughs> I uh, I don't even know where to go with that. But I agree with you. It's aggravating because if you're Kansas, you've enjoyed the luxury of just being the yes. default. Yep. That K-A beats the K-E in alphabetical order. You know, they talk about income inequality. I think that state alphabetical inequality is just as big of a problem. Yeah. It, it's, it infuriates me every time. And every time I'm like, why does this bother me so much? But it, it's it's kind of like in Seinfeld every time... Uh, you know, Newman gets the best of Jerry and Newman. 
That's how I am. I'm like, Kansas. Kansas. <laughs> oh, Tyler, we are going in two different directions with this one, buddy. I can tell you that right now. We have got totally different definitions. That's, that's all right. All right. I can't wait to hear what you have. All right. So with my first pick in the Irrational Hatred Draft, and I actually think there may be a lot of people that agree with me on this. Okay. But it's irrational in the level that it irritates me. Makes me angry and just really ticks me off to the point where I'm like, what the heck is wrong? Like, you just want to shake somebody and say, what is wrong with you? And that, Tyler, my number one pick is cancel culture. Oh, good one. Cancel culture. What is cancel culture? It's if somebody messes up for one thing in their entire life, they have to be banished to the forbidden lands in Russia or wherever they go to, and they don't get to come out anymore and play with us in our sandbox. I cannot stand that. People make mistakes. Remember, we used to be a country of, well, everybody deserves a second chance. Well, yeah, you deserve a second chance as long as you don't do one of the 5,000 things that are on our list. If you do one of those, get the heck out of here. We don't want you. I don't like it. It ticks me off, and it's all over the place. It used to be a one political party argument where one political party, let me just be honest, it used to be a thing where Democrats would say, okay, this person needs to go. Well, now it's over on the other side now, and they're not any better. True. Let me just be 100% honest. It's went over from one side to both, and they both suck. <laughs> I don't like either one of them. It pisses me off, and I don't like to see when people make mistakes just be shunned for the rest of their life because they said one wrong thing. And maybe it's not even a wrong thing. Maybe it's just something that makes somebody uncomfortable. <laughs> Go to your safe space. Who cares? Just let people talk. We should be able to openly express our opinions without 5,000 boycotts. I'm mentally exhausted by keeping track of how many boycotts we have on a daily basis. There needs to be a ticker at the bottom of the screen that tells me what I'm supposed to be ticked off about today and what I'm supposed to boycott. I'm done with it. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I'm done with it. Yeah, and social media has definitely made this a million times worse. Whereas something before wouldn't have even made the news or it, you know it would have been the back page of the newspaper or something whereas now people online just it's it's ruined their life if somebody says something that so they, stupid yeah is there any particular one that really has Tyler, it's all over the place most? it's just people on if somebody on a radio show says something that you disagree with well we need to boycott that whole station no we need to go after the advertisers of that station how about you just leave everybody the heck alone and just turn the channel like on your news feed on Facebook, yeah. if you disagree with something a company says, you know what you can do? Just scroll up. Yep. Unfollow. Unfollow. Never have to see it again. Yeah, just move on your merry way. But no, we have to protest every freaking thing. It's ridiculous. All right, moving on. So I get All the right. next pick because we're yes. doing a snake draft. Yes. So my it. number two pick, Tyler, is something that makes me want to vomit more than anything else that's on my list. I mean, I get physically ill when I think about this. Oh, it makes boy. me sick to my stomach. I almost have to run to the bathroom if I hear this or hear it in the general vicinity of where I am. And Tyler, that is none other than bro country. <laughs> bro country. I should have known this would be on your list. Tyler, I would almost rather get the coronavirus than listen to bro country when I go to a store. If I go to a store and they're playing Florida Georgia Line or Luke Bryant, I will walk out of the store. And I have done that on multiple occasions. And oh, you I promise it. you on the you Bible, I will swear under oath that I have walked out of the store because I can't listen to that crap anymore. Wow. It sucks. It's not country music. It's a bunch of frat boys. Oh, this is how we roll. Whoa, whoa, yeah. It started with Tim McGraw. He started sucking up country music. Kenny Chesney followed him. 
by doing songs about a beach somewhere, doing something. He did that for like five years. And then it somehow transitioned to Luke Bryan and Florida Georgia Line. They suck. I won't shop in your store if you play it. I hate it. If there's a restaurant playing it, I'll have to go to the restroom because I'll get physically ill because of it. I don't like it. I hope one day both your sons end up joining fraternities and start and join a bro country band just to tick you off. I'll disown them. I'll, they, they will be out of my will. I won't tell them that, but they'll be out of it. I can't believe I can't you listen walked to out it. of the store. That's hilarious. On multiple occasions. <laughs> I can't do it. It's terrible. It okay. really it makes me physically ill to think about bro country. That's good to know. Because so. I know what good country sounds like. And this isn't it. It's not good. It's not even bad country. It's vomit-inducing country music. It's country music parading as rap, rock, whatever the heck it is. Florida Georgia Line is the limp biscuit of rock and roll. <laughs> they suck. It's not any good. All right, so stores, just be known, if, if you are playing bro country, you are not getting Brandon Boyd's business. It makes me angry. <laughs> you don't want to see me when I'm angry. All right, Hulk. <laughs> okay, my number two pick. Brandon, I'm betting that this is something that you have also heard at some point. I, I want you to go back to when you were in your college days. Okay. And you're in, you, you know, it's the start of the semester. You're in your first day of class. Professor's going over the syllabus, you know, all the, all the typical first day stuff. And the professor makes a statement that just makes me want to hang myself. <laughs> oh, jeez, time they, I'm and, nervous and, now. And, and I've had a professor say this almost every semester oh in college, grad school. Can, can you guess what it is? Tyler, I have no idea. To make you want to hang yourself? No. <laughs> What is it? It's when college professors say, I will never let you out of class early because I want you to get your money's worth. Tell me you've not ever had a professor say that. Tyler, I've had, I've had people say that more or less, yes. <laughs> that drives me nuts. Why? Because. Oh, that is totally irrational. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the point, right? <laughs> Why does that make you upset? You're paying for the class. Why wouldn't you want to get your money's worth? Well, but listen, <laughs> what's the problem here? Uh, and this especially drove me crazy when, when I was going to graduate school. Hey, time is money. Hey, I've got a full time job. I've got two kids. I'm sitting here in this night class from six to eight thirty at night. And on and you know, and then on the first day, this because they all think they're hilarious when they say it. Oh, absolutely. No. Uh, now, uh, 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 kid, I know you're asking, am I going to keep you the full time? Well, I want you to get your money's worth. You're paying for these classes. I want you to get every penny's worth. It's not funny. Just stop it. Stop <laughs> it. And, and let me tell you what even is when professors go one minute over the time that we're supposed to get out. Oh, my God. I, I, I'm the kid who's sitting there. I'm getting my backpack on. I'm getting my coat on. I'm just sitting. I'm giving him the Michael Scott <laughs> Look, just can't believe it. It drives me nuts when professors say, I want you to get your money's worth. Again, completely irrational. <laughs> that one is completely irrational. <laughs> this I is definitive it. of the irrational <laughs> hatred because this one is ridiculous. Thank you. You're paying? I don't know. I disagree with you on that, but I, under I understand where you're coming from too, though. 
to be fair, because I heard that probably every semester as well. So I totally understand where you're coming from. It just never made me angry, but obviously you're getting ready to go into the Incredible Hulk (laughs) phase where you're like, "Uh, don't make me angry here. Yeah, it does. If you are a college professor, please don't use that line. Yeah, don't use that line. students do not like it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, my number three. (laughs) This is about one of my favorite movie, I guess you could call it a series. One of my favorite movie series of all time. Okay. And that is Home Alone. I love Home Alone. The original Home Alone is probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm -hmm. I watch it at least a dozen times every Christmas. Yeah. But there's a scene in Home Alone 2 that every time I watch it, I get angry. And that is the scene... When Kevin is in the you know abandoned house and he's, he's set up all the booby traps, and he is set up on the sink where he attaches I don't know what it is like the the things you jump start your car with, and so when Marv goes to grab the sink, it electrocutes him. Which first off, the 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 fact I mean th- these are like the prelims to the to the torture porn movies. I mean Kevin is is just I mean oh my he's electrocuting people. This this would this would have killed a man, but we're supposed to find it funny. Uh, but if you know what I'm talking about, he grabs it and he starts getting electrocuted and then his face turns into a skeleton. You know what I'm talking about? Tyler, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm sorry I'm having trouble <laughs> keeping it together. But go on. Yes, I know. But just the simple fact that I mean this is supposed to be a somewhat serious movie and here here marv is getting electrocuted and then all of a sudden his face just goes from his face to a (laughs) skeleton and then back to his face and it drives me crazy every single time that's what are we doing this this isn't you know some leslie nielsen movie you know where where it's just a spoof this was supposed to be a you know a legitimate comedy where all a man turns into a skeleton and I hate it because it's the one scene that ruins the entire Home Alone franchise for me, Brandon. I wish they would just cut that scene out so I never have to see it again. <laughs> oh my goodness, Tyler. I mean, what? so what you're saying is that the rest of Home Alone 2 was totally believable until that point. You thought that he'd found this abandoned house, made the booby traps, found a homeless woman, befriended her pigeons... And did all that, but the one part that you have trouble believing is the fact that uh, that Marv turns into a skeleton while he's being electrocuted. Is yes. that correct? Well, I I could go into a whole list of issues I have with Home Alone, with the first Home Alone, uh, but the, you know that's neither here nor there. But it's, it's going to be there soon because we're going to do. We'll probably do a whole show on that. I oh, think. I totally could. I mean, the, the the policeman who goes to Kevin's house. And knocks on the door once and is like, oh, well, nobody answered. T- tell her to count her kids again. Oh, jeez. Okay. I don't even know what to think about you right now. I'm, ha- I'm having a hard time. <laughs> I had no idea you were so upset about such a small part in a movie that lasted more, couldn't have lasted more than two seconds. No, it's just a, you know, brief moment. Jeez Louise. But I hate it. It's God. just, it's because it, it just takes away the whole. The believability. Yes. You know, because you, the rest of it was believable. Yeah, you know, you ha- I have my whole willing suspension of disbelief that I have that I've had for the last you know hour and a half of the movie, and it's just completely ruined when Marv turns into a skeleton. Jeez, Louis, I don't even know, Tyler. That's unbelievable. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go next with the next two picks. 
My third pick, Tyler, is something that some may consider rational, but when you think about it in the long term is really irrational. And that is my absolute hatred and disdain and everything else with Duke basketball. Oh, okay. I hate Duke basketball. I mean, I hate Duke basketball, but when I look back at it and I look at the big picture, I hate these 18 and 19-year-old kids. <laughs> Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. But they ruined my life when Christian Leitner hit the shot when I was seven years old at the time and won the game in 1992, March 28th, 1992, to be more specific, against the Unforgettables. Totally ruined my life. And ever since that moment, Tyler, I have relished in the fact that Duke loses a game. If they lose a game, I feel like Kentucky has won a game. And these are college kids. That has nothing to do with me. Yep. Duke, by comparison, probably has nothing against Kentucky. They could probably care less about Kentucky. But I relish. I mean, I just I savor it. I want to bathe in their tears and their defeat when they lose a game. I can't stand it. <laughs> I know I should move past it. It's more than a fandom thing. It's more than it's more than okay, I wish Duke would lose. It's I hate Duke. I hope they lose every freaking game. <laughs> I don't like Coach K. I think he's a weasel. He looks like a weasel. He looks like a Weasley feller. Yeah. <laughs> feller. Feller. So I'm going to go with Duke basketball as my number three pick. I can't stand it. It's it's beyond fandom. It's I openly hate this team and everything that they represent. They get all the good calls by the officials. Mm -hmm. They invented the flop, which has ruined college basketball, in my opinion. Terrible. Shane Battier ruined the flop for everybody. <laughs> I mean, he patented that move, and everybody has followed it ever since. Yep. They've ruined so much of what college basketball is. But at the end of the day, I know that they're 18- and 19-year-old kids. I shouldn't hate them. True. No, I, I agree. I agree with you. I think you should hate them. I think it's totally fine to hate Duke players. Uh, but it is very interesting. I get... I, honestly, I think I get the same amount of joy seeing Duke lose as I do Kentucky win. So I'm not the only one. And I, I mean, I find it fascinating. Like, why do I get so much enjoyment seeing another... T let, I don't know if you remember a few years ago, you know, uh, when we lost uh, to Auburn in the Elite Eight. And then later that day, Duke lost in the Elite Eight to Michigan State. Mm -hmm. And it made me feel completely better. Because it was just like... Because <laughs> I felt as much okay, joy okay. seeing Duke lose... As I did sadness of Kentucky losing. So it just... it just So it evened it out for it, you. It completely evened it out. But, you know, why should we have this why dislike for 18 to 19-year-olds? I know. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Completely irrational. It doesn't. Okay. Well, for my fourth pick, Tyler, I'm going to go with something that I think is breaking the fabric of the entire country. Oh, boy. It is completely dividing the country and making us angry and hateful towards one another. I think, it, I think this is the culprit. Facebook. Nope. No, nope. this is the culprit. Okay. You want to know what it is? What is it? Tyler, I stopped watching this in 2012, except for the debates, but I don't watch the post-debate coverage. And that is cable news networks. That includes Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, and whatever else there is out there. I think it is the worst thing on the planet, even worse than stuff on Facebook, to be honest with you. I think it breaks the moral fiber I actually hate it. 
right? So I know Fox News and, and CNN, they all try to create these anger and resentment things with their, with their viewers, and they do with me, but it's actually about the networks themselves. <laughs> yeah. So I can't stand it. I think it's the worst thing on the planet. A 24-hour news cycle is not normal and is not healthy for anybody. When everybody was just watching the 6 o'clock news, people weren't up in arms all the time and ready to kill each other. They use the information that they find on cable news to then go on social media, like Facebook, mm-hmm. to make pronouncements about what's going on. It's dumb. We've got to stop it. And I think I, I, I may have an irrational hatred towards it. I, I hate it. I hate what it's done to the country as a whole. But I know a lot of people love it and live for it. So maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. No, I'm I'm with you 100% on that one. I I I don't watch cable news. I haven't watched it in a long time either for those very reasons. I mean, it's just, just the whole 24-hour news cycle has just created this whole thing where instead of just reporting news, we have to get commentary. We have yes. to get, we have to get everyone's opinion. That is the problem. And that yes, cuz now we get th- 30 minutes of actual news and 23 and a half hours of commentary and opinion on it. And that's what I can't stand. It would be great if we got 30 minutes of news a day out of those places. <laughs> they don't. Yeah. It's that all commentary. Oh, we're going to send it over to a Republican strategist. What do you think? Well, Obama's stupid. Okay, we're going to take it over to a Democratic strategist. What do you think? Oh, Trump's a Nazi. Oh, okay. Well, that should help out things. We're going to send it to a break, and we're going to do a commercial about uh, removable catheters and a Snuggie. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. And it break. I just think it's totally broken everything down. And it's a total echo chamber for whatever you believe. If you're a Democrat or a liberal, you're going to watch CNN and MSNBC. If you're a conservative, you're going to watch Fox News. Mm-hmm. I can tell you what, they're both making you dumb. I think, in my opinion, they are making you stupid. I've seen it. I can tell when somebody's just come off of Fox News, <laughs> you know, like, high. Right. Like, they've just watched it, and now they're going to spew it to me. And I'm like... Okay, Turn it off. I've got to listen to this. Oh, geez. Okay, we're going to make it through it. Okay. And it just drives me crazy. 24 hour news is not healthy because they have to fill it with something and they fill it mostly with hateful rhetoric. And I don't like it. I think it's hurt us as a country. I, I 100% agree with you on that one. Okay. Good good choice. Thank you, sir. I like Thank it. you. Appreciate it. All right. So uh, now, let's see. My turn. Um, yes, right, it is th- your turn. Th- these last two are both. Irrational hatreds that I have about myself. So I, I'm, I'm going oh, to critique my own self here. You have and, some self hatred, and, and not just others. Okay, you have self hatred. Yeah, this is interesting. I want to do some internal reflection. Ooh, okay, okay, interesting. Uh, my first irrational hatred is when someone asks me, "How's it going?" You know, you're <laughs> you're in your office at work. You're walking down the hallways, and you know you're passing by. Someone say, "Hey, how's it going?" And I always have one of two responses every single time. You know what those two responses are? I can't wait to hear it. When I get the question, how's it going? I either say one of two things. One, oh, it's going. (laughs) (laughs) Or number two, uh, living the dream. (laughs) I cannot stop myself. Every time somebody asks me, how's it going? My brain starts going, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. Living the dream. And I'm like, oh, God, what a, so stupid. Why can I not stop myself from saying it's going or living the dream? Why? Why do I have to say it every single time someone asks me? 
do you do this? Tyler, I do it all the time, and I never thought about it before, but yes, I do the same thing. Oh, just making it, you know. <laughs> uh, it's Wednesday, you know, a couple days till the weekend. Yep. <laughs> That's so funny, man. Oh, uh, it's a Monday, you know how that goes. Yeah, because I mean, the thing is, when somebody asks you, how's it going, they don't really want to know how, how it's going. You know, if you're having a bad day, nobody wants to actually sit and hear about it. Nobody wants to hear you complain about it. You know, so so in, especially when you're in passing, you know, you've got like a five second window, so you know you you want to say something funny, you know, something you know just jovial, keep 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 everything positive. But for some reason, those are the only two responses I have, and I hate it that I have not yet come up with a better response than those. Tyler, you know what? I've actually thought about this a lot. Have you really? <laughs> yeah, because I've thought about you know what? Next sometime some. Next time somebody asks me, I'm going to go into all the bad stuff that's going on and see if they stick around. Yeah. Like, hey, Brandon, how's it going? Well, I've had diarrhea. Uh, I've had a died. headache. My kids are driving me crazy. I've lost a lot of sleep. I'm really irritable all the time. My teams are losing. I'm upset about the coach. You know what I mean? It's like you want to go on this whole thing and just see if they stick with you and wonder how it's really going. Yeah. I've wanted to do that, and I never have. <laughs> but at some point, I want to find just the right person and take them down that road with me and see if they'll go and if they care about how I'm doing. I think they'll probably never ask you how it's going again if you did that. But these are people that you that you really don't talk to anyway, so does it matter? Right. I mean, it's just I the, know, hey. Yeah. Yep. You know? It's the small talk. Hey, man. The, aw- the awkwardness. Yeah, I hate it. It is. I hate it. It is awkward. That's so funny. <laughs> All right, so for my last irrational hatred, again, this is a critique of myself. Okay. It's just something that <clears throat> bothers me about myself. Oh, okay. I hate negotiating. I hate, okay. I hate when we have a yard sale and I put a dollar price tag on something and someone comes up to me and says, hey, will you take 50 cents for this? All right, no. It's a, I've got a price tag on there. It's a dollar. Oh, so you're but, a hardliner. Well, no, because that's what I'm thinking internally to myself. But because I hate negotiating, I say, uh, sure, <laughs> fifty cents is fine. Yeah, it's already dirt cheap, and oh. I paid ten dollars for it. But fifty cents, sure. <laughs> yeah, why not? Tyler, you're making me laugh so much. I'm having trouble <laughs> focusing on this segment. I hate it. I hate negotiation. Because I, I, I'm a person, I like everything in black and white. I like everything to have a set rule or a set price. Like, I, I don't like how some prices are negotiable, but other things are not. Like, when I have to go buy a car, it's, you know, it's accepted that the price of a car is negotiable. But when I go in to buy, you know, uh, you know a washer and dryer at Best Buy, that's not negotiable. Well, why can't we just have everything at at the price that it is? I hate negotiation. I hate the back and forth. I I would almost honestly, I would almost rather pay full price than have to go through the negotiating process because I hate it so much. It's so funny. That I would you, rather just pay the extra it, money to avoid it. It's so funny that you say that, Tyler, because I love negotiating. <laughs> I absolutely love it because it's a big game. You talked about going onto a car lot and trying to negotiate the car prices. I love it. It's like one of my favorite things on the planet. And it gives me like a high while I'm doing it. You know, if you're in the right position. Yeah. If you're in the bad position, then it's a problem. However, I will say on the yard sale thing, 
that I am just with yard sales. I'm so lazy that if somebody came by and said, "I'll give you twenty bucks for the whole thing," yeah, <laughs> take it. If that'll cut the yard sale down by three hours, yeah, man, just take it so I can go inside and get some rest. I'm totally with you on that. I do the same thing. I just want to get rid of the stuff. But I like negotiating. I think it's fun. Well, maybe you can go with me next time I buy a car, and you can just you can just maybe be I'll my do your yard sales for you. I can maybe earn you an extra like four dollars and fifty cents. Or yeah, something. that that would be great. I'd appreciate it. It's <laughs> so fun. I never knew. You know, but I know you, Tyler. I know you like stuff in black and white. You like clear deadlines, yes. clear you know, clear everything. I don't like gray areas. I don't. I don't like when the answer to a question is it depends. Uh, I just I want a yes or no. I want this is the price. I want. Clear cut. I don't like gray areas. That's so funny. Well, Tyler, with the with the last pick in the Irrational Hatred draft, and I guess you would call this the uh, Mr. Irrelevant pick in the oh, draft. Yeah. This is our last mm-hmm. pick. This is something completely stupid, and I know it's going to tick a lot of people off, but it drives me friggin' insane, <laughs> and I want to strangle somebody. Okay. But I won't do it. Sounds serious. And this is, Tyler, when... Tyler, I don't know if you're a pet person... Not really, no. Okay, well, that's fair enough. I, I grew up with animals, you know, or in and around the house, so I'm, I'm familiar with pets. But it is dogs, but not just all dogs. It's dogs that go outside and bark for no reason. I'm talking about dogs that go out, as soon as they go out the door, they just start. And they just go outside and bark for no reason whatsoever. And they don't stop. Yep. I don't like that. I'm with you 100%. I am all for barking at burglars, people that are in your backyard at 3 o'clock in the morning that aren't supposed to be there, people that are suspicious. But when they bark for no reason, I almost want to go to the... Well, I'm not going to say that this has happened to me, Tyler, but I don't know if you can tell. It's, uh, you know, hit a nerve with me. Uh, I almost want to say, what is going on? Does this not bother the owners? My first thought is that this would bother the owners of the yes. dogs. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I heard that in my own house... All I, day. I can tell you what, the dogs wouldn't be living with me more than two days. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, get your crap in line or you're out of here. <laughs> and that's not the case. Some dogs just bark to hear themselves bark. I cannot stand it. It drives me absolutely insane. And when I hear it, it induces the same vomit response that I have when I hear bro country. It's the same thing. I can't stand it. So I don't know if you have any experience with that or not, but that's... I, I, I would like to see you with a dog. I feel like you would be like Tom Cruise, and you would just be yelling at the dog, if I hear it again, you're gone. <laughs> and you, and you, if it's hear it again, you're gone. You're back to the pound. You're back to the pound. <laughs> There's a possibility. And I would probably throw some MFers at the dog, too, you know, just like Tom Cruise, right? Yeah. Exactly. You, uh, you MFer dogs, <laughs> you are gone. If you do this one more time, you're gone. But I'm, I'm with you. The, the, dog, the dog's barking. What's even worse is when it's at night when you're trying to sleep. Oh, God. That's the worst. Because you just, you know, you're laying there in bed and all you can hear is this dog barking nonstop. Tyler, can I tell you That's something? That's the worst. That is something? the worst. I'm not going to say what point in my life this has happened, but I will just say that it's... It's not... I, anyway, I won't say exactly what period of my life this was. Okay. But sure. I have actively heard a dog bark outside when I'm trying to sleep, walked outside in my underwear in a neighborhood where everybody could see me in my underwear while I'm sleeping, and said, shut the F up. People are trying to sleep. 
and walk back inside to my bed. <laughs> I have done that. Oh, my goodness. In my underwear. I even said, you know what? I don't even care if people say... I don't care. You reach a point in your life where you don't care. If people see me in my underwear, great. Have a nice show. Take a look at me in my underwear. We're moving on. Did, did it help? Did the dog stop? I think so, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, the dog didn't stop, but I think the owners, the owners. heard me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to say when that happened or if it's in my current situation or not. I'm just telling you that it uh, it absolutely drives me crazy. I can't stand it. It really gets under my skin. Because it's like, hey, don't you think this bothers everybody else? Have res- I guess the biggest thing is have respect for your neighbors. Yes. That's my biggest thing is when you disrespect your neighbors. Yeah. If it's barking light, you need to bring it inside. If my house. kids were yelling outside at midnight, <laughs> I, I was, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's some points where I'm like, I actually want to go to the fence and yell back at these dogs at 12 o'clock at night <laughs> and just see if the owners of the dogs appreciate what I'm doing. Because it's the same thing to me. Are we just going to yell at each other? Is that what we do here? I love it. I, 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 I couldn't agree more. Drives me nuts. Ty, this has been the weirdest draft I think we could have possibly ever <laughs> We done. were all over the map, man. We were all over the map. We talked. <laughs> I can't believe you were so self-reflective in yours, Tyler, on stuff that you're just like, this is totally stupid, but I do this. Well, you know. That says a lot about you. You know, I, I, I think one, one of my strengths, you know, uh, of me, of myself, is my ability to self-reflect and my humbleness definitely is, is another one, but. I can tell by your bragging about your humbleness. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, it's weird. When you said irrational hatred draft, I didn't even ask you for clarification on what it was. We just kind of said, let's just do it, and we'll see what our answers come out like. And I think we had two totally different directions that we went in for the most part, but it's things that we thought were irrational. Yep, and I think I think they very much were. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're both a little crazy. I think we have problems. And we do. Maybe we need to seek help. <laughs> So this has been an interesting show. I mean, we pretty much diagnosed the problems with UK basketball. We vented a little bit, talked about yes. our problems with the team in Calipari. It's it's good to do that. It's therapeutic. Yes. We talked about breaking news. We talked about the vaccines, Governor Bashir, Santa Claus, Donald Trump, the Electoral College, and just about everything in between. So we covered a lot of ground. We did our Irrational Hatreds draft. I don't know how much more random a show can get but we just proved that you can be random and still be a show that's that's what we're all about that's what we're all about i had a good time tyler as always if you are listening to us on podcast on apple google android anything like that leave us a five-star review follow us on twitter at LexBuds, and then check us out on facebook just search LexBuds and pick and roll and as always follow us at lexbuds.com tyler it was a fun show is... i can't wait to see what happens next week i know we're gonna we're gonna beat louisville next week I can hear the confidence oozing out of your voice. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) It's just permeating through every pore of your body. We'll see how it goes. Anyway, uh, this has been a fun show, and we will see you on the next episode. Stay Stay classy, classy, Kentucky. Kentucky.